Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show, but while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might have missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. 
Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Friends, I'm so excited for who I get to introduce you to today. I'm sitting with my new friend, Margaret Feinberg, and I'm just so excited for you to get to know her. Margaret, thanks so much for being here. It is such a joy and a delight. Can you tell us, for the women who haven't met you yet, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Okay. Well, I, um, I've lived all over the country from Alaska to Florida, North Carolina to Colorado. We currently live in Utah. And for the last 20 some years, I've had the joy of sharing the story of just how kind of God has been at work in my life and in our community and in our world. And so I've been writing books and traveling and teaching and just opening up the scripture in a way to hopefully help people rediscover the wonder of God and his word. And a random little bit of trivia about myself is my parents were super free spirited. And so that's part of the reason that I've lived in so many places. But there were years when I was growing up when long before like homeschool was reputable or even really well thought out. And I was raised on a boat on the islands in the Bahamas. Oh my gosh. That is so like, how long were you guys out there? It would vary. It might be three months or six months or a year. I know for my eighth birthday, like I speared my first lobster and that was like a huge like rite of passage for somebody living on a boat in warm water. And um, I actually shot two lobsters that day with a spear gun, which is how you do it, or a Hawaiian sling. And um, yeah, so I grew up a little bit isolated. There were times that, you know, I might go four or eight or 12 weeks without seeing another kid. And so I think as I've grown older, one of the things I crave is stability. And another that I crave is just deep friendships. That's so interesting. Like, I I was going to guess that you're going to say like, I'm really good at being by myself. Like I really value my alone time. And I bet that's true also, but also that that's just so interesting that it like brought up new like needs for you. 
Yeah. I think all of us have those, you know, I think it's interesting because there is this sense of like, you know, I think when you, whatever you grew up with, there's probably some of us that crave something just a little bit different. And so for me, because we moved around a lot and just kind of lived in these, these crazy situations, I wanted to really live in like a neighborhood where all of the houses were matchy match. I think that's been like my secret dream. I'm curious for you. Do you have those too? Like those things from childhood, you're like, I grew up this way, but I kind of really like this. Uh, Yeah. So I I mean, I grew up not, the houses didn't match, like they didn't match as much as they could have, but I definitely grew up in the suburbs and that was okay. Uh, I mean, no, it was great. It was wonderful. It was a great place to grow up, like really safe. We could ride our bikes around, like, you know, walk to the pool. I mean, it was a great place to grow up. But it's funny because, I mean, it would take a lot for me to move to a suburb at this point. I, I think that I, I, you know, I live in the city now and I'm like, I want to bring my kids on a boat and teach them how to have us all learn how to like, you know, spear our first lobsters. And so <laughs> I think I, I crave, um, I do need some stability, but I like too much of it is, is, is too much. Like I definitely have a pretty strong sense of wanderlust. Mm, I love that. I, yeah. Let's go to France tomorrow. As soon as they let us. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Seriously. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, okay. So Margaret, you have a new book and it's called More Power to You, Declarations to Break Free from Fear and Take Back Your Life. And I am so excited about this because I have like a from my own kind of life and experience and things I've learned um just from different teachers in the last like 10 years or so, I have a hint as to what you're going to talk to us about today which makes me so excited. Like I'm I'm so excited to dive in and especially because I feel like we really need this right now. So can you talk to us about like where this idea came from? Like what the book's about, where this idea came from first. So about two years ago, I just went through a really dark season and it's interesting because it, it started a little bit dark and then it just got darker and darker. And so I you know, I was just starting to think, man, you know, I'm just a has-been. I should just quit. It's only a matter of time till the other shoe drops. Things are just going to get worse. And kind of like this, this darkness entered in. And I know my husband was a little worried and and some friends and I was still, you know, person of faith and praying and reading the Bible and, and singing and worshiping and doing all these things. But it was just this heaviness. And, um, I was sitting and having lunch with my friend, Chris, who's known me for a very long time. And he said something to me I've never forgotten. He said, Margaret, I don't know when, and I don't know where it happened, but somewhere along the way, you have made agreements with the universe that are not true. And I thought, uh, agreements with the universe that aren't true? Like, that sounds a little (laughs) woo-woo. As I I thought about it, I realized, you know what? I think I have. I think rather than living in the beauty and the wonder of who Christ says I am and what I'm called to, I've been starting to make these agreements. And so I came home and I spent the next couple of days and I just began repenting. And repenting is simply, it means to change one's mind. And I began saying, Lord, I'm so sorry for believing all these things. I'm not a husband. I'm not, I shouldn't give up. It's not a matter of time till the other shoe drops. Like, wait a second. And so I just said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for, 
believing these things. And Father, I want to like realign myself, my thoughts, my mind, my spirit with the truth and the beauty and the power of who you say I am. And so I started to sit down and create a list of daily declarations. And I began to think about this idea of, okay, I think that all of us have these thoughts that kind of flutter in our mind. The problem is when, as Martin Luther says, like we, we start to allow them to build a nest inside of us. And so I began thinking, okay, what are the things that I am believing that are just flat out lies, things that, that just are not true? And some of them, I mean, honestly, some of them are kind of culturally, you know, just how our culture presents. And so I started to think, you know what, some of the lies I believe is I'm not enough or this is just how it is, or my situation will never improve, or I am what I own. And I started to think, wait a second, let's, let's put a comma in there. Let's go to, to the scripture. Let's find out what the Bible says about these things. And then let's base these declarations deeply in scripture. And so I just started waking up and reading these things out loud, declarations like Jesus is king of my life. I am who Christ says I am. I take every thought captive. I break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. My purpose is to love, serve, glorify God, and enjoy Him forever. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives in me. And as I began waking up each day and making these biblically rooted declarations, it was only a matter of a week or so when my husband looked at me and he goes, Margaret, I don't know what has happened, but you are lighter and freer than I have ever seen before. And so I realize as I've been doing this, not just for the last couple of years, but especially during this pandemic, man, it has been such a game changer. It takes about 90 seconds. But what it is, is it's that saying it out loud and saying, this is who I am. This is what I'm called to be. This is what I'm going to do today. And then coupling that with 52 devotions that are in more power to you that identify some of the lies that I know I believe, but I think all of us fall into and creating devotions around that. So you're not having to go and spend hours taking on some new project, but, but just a few minutes a day can really make a radical change in your life. I love everything about that. I, so gosh, a handful of years ago, I did a long mission trip where I traveled around the world which was very cool. And I remember being at the training camp for it, which was just like a chance to meet your team and kind of get to know the organization and kind of prepare your heart. And I remember that there were lots of sessions that talked about identity. And at the time, mm -hmm. I'd been a Christian for a couple of years at that point. And like, I mean, I was falling head over heels in love with Jesus. Just, I mean, he had changed my life so much, but there still was sort of this part of me that we hadn't gotten to yet. And that was what I thought of myself and like aligning my thoughts about myself with his thoughts about me, what with what he says is true. And so a lot of the talks I remember at that training camp were about identity. And it's cool because one of the women who impacted me the most has been on the show a couple of times. Her name's Caroline. And um, she had us at one point, she started talking about this thing called declarations, which I'd never heard of. And she at one point had us stand on chairs, which feels really like wild. Like I just, we don't stand on chairs enough as adults. <laughs> like you're, It's like, you just aren't supposed to. And so we like got up on our chairs, stood on our chairs and she had us yell out, like yell truths that God says about us, like about mm. ourselves. Like I mm. am this, I am this. And I remember just being like, so 
like kind of freaked out at first. And then like something started to change in me. And through that year, as we were traveling, that's something we would do a lot. We would stand on furniture and we would speak out declarations. And for some seasons during the year, I mean, we would do it every day. And that year I really got to like come face to face with some of the agreements I'd been believing. Some of these like really rotten truths about myself that I just had accepted as, or things about myself that I had accepted as truths. And like little by little through out loud declaring the things that God said, that God says about me, like they started to kind of unwind themselves from my heart. And it was Mm. the biggest identity transformation I've ever had in my whole life. And so when I saw the word declarations, like about your book, I was like, we need to have Margaret on to talk about this because it's really cool to hear someone else who like wasn't there say, yeah, this has really helped me too. Yeah, I think it it really does. I know in my own life, so I, you know, I kind of did a deep search in the scripture to say, why is this so powerful? Like, why does this matter? And I, I, I think what happens is there's kind of a spiritual progression that happens. So I believe that there is an adversary to God, an enemy. I think he accuses. I think he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I think he's a dirty dog, bad dude. Okay. <laughs> so he is the opposing team of those who choose to follow God or follow Jesus. And what happens is he is spewing lies. He is spewing these falsities. So when we're not aligning ourselves with God and his truth, it creates a gap where he can kind of insert and spew and spit untruths into us in the sense of of starting to think and align with things that aren't true. So we start to think things that our culture says, you know what, you're not that attractive or you're not as attractive as so-and-so or in thoughts that are like, man, that's so unhealthy. Like where, where did that come from? That that doesn't, you know, empower me. That doesn't set me up for, for this beautiful God life that I have. But, but what I think what happens is these thoughts kind of negative spirals come in and and there's, we have, you know, 30 to 50,000 thoughts a day. And again, a bird can fly by and that little negative thought the problem is, is that, and I saw in my own life is that I would, first of all, that, that negative thought would come and then I would acknowledge it, that untruth. And then what would happen was I would come into agreement with it. And in coming with agreement, it's almost like I would ingest it until it started coming back out of my own life. And I'd come into agreement with the enemy. And when you do that, there's, there is a spiritual threshold that you cross. And I think I had crossed it so frequently that I was in this place of darkness and heaviness. So what, what I started to have to do is to recognize, you know what, I'm going to be a person who, according to the Apostle Paul, I'm going to take every thought captive. And so I am going to say, you know what, I am not going to allow those thoughts to set up nest in my head. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to rise up and I'm going to break every agreement scripturally that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and say, Jesus, I need to know what am I thinking that is, you say is not part of my identity, is not who I'm called to be. And when I did that, I started to think, you know what, there are all these thoughts. I think one of the most common, you know, that, that we have are things like, you know, feeling shame or I am ashamed or I always have to get the last word or I'm a fraud or, you know, I'm just not that smart or I'm, I'm just not that beautiful or I'm just too busy or I can't say no. And I started to realize there's so many of these and they don't sound weird. They're often like we, we say, a lot of us say these a lot and say, wait a second, but that is not the truth of who I am and whom I'm called to be. And in that power of declaring them, what happens is I think we're not just declaring them to ourselves, which is oh so important and literally rewiring the neurons in our brain 
that in these truths, but we are saying them to the adversary and the enemy. When we stand up and we say, you know what? Worry is not my boss. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will lean not on my own understanding in all my ways. I will acknowledge him and he will make my paths straight. We start declaring that. I think Satan's, uh, he just takes six steps back. Like he's like, "Mm, I'm out of here because we're walking in the fullness of the power. And I believe the Holy Spirit that God has called and created us to walk in. It's our way of fighting back. Yes. Yes. This is a tool to say the darkness will not have me. I will not let it have my kids. I will not let it have my family. I will not let it have my job. I will not let it have what God has entrusted me with. And that moves us. One of the the final declaration of all of them, and I think you'll love it, it, it is simply this. I am on God's offensive team today. I am tired of playing defensive. I am tired of giving him inches and centimeters in my life. I'm ready to rise up and be on God's offensive team, living on mission, living on purpose, living with that joy and that excitement and that enthusiasm, believing that above all, God has good things up his sleeve for me. Mm, It's so good. It's so good. Well, okay. So I'm trying to think like back, like the first time I heard this, the first time the idea of like God's, God's truth about us versus the truths we believe or truths in air quotes, we believe about ourselves was brought up to me. I think that like my biggest fear was that, and, and I think that this is why we believe that little like bird thought as it flies by, like we're afraid to, I don't know, maybe be like naive or lie to ourselves or something like that like it I, I think that because it it's almost like we're already kind of in this hole of believing that we're not good enough and then this little thought flies by that reinforces that and we feel like we're not being pessimistic we're not being anything we're just being realistic to to believe that thing about ourselves and it almost feels like too good to be true or faking it to believe like what God says about us because we don't see ourselves that way. Does that make any sense? It does. It does. I think it is so, um, it is so true. I know at one point, and I write about this in More Power to You, I just, I sat down and, and I started to, you know, just write down with a pen and paper and some prayer and just saying, Lord, what what are the things that the agreements that I've made with the enemy and just accepted? And some of the things I wrote down, I mean, I'll just be honest, they're not pretty. I, I wrote things like, I'm ugly. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy of good things or success. I feel like a fraud. I should be further along by now. You know, and I think if we're honest, and all of us took that piece of paper and we started jotting things down, I think for just like I did, some of us would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I believe I, 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 that this resides in me, these thoughts. And I remember when I sat there I, and I looked at my list, by the time I was done and there were dozens and dozens, I just had these hot tears streaming down my face because I didn't realize how debilitating my life had become. I ended up in this dungeon of lies and it made me feel alone. It made me feel ashamed. It made me feel afraid. It made me feel trapped. And I think these toxic thoughts had just gotten lodged inside of me. And it was so important to say, you know what, I'm not going to believe these things. You know, I think one of the most destructive agreements that we can ever make is that our current reality is all that will ever be. You know, it's so easy to think, man, we're never going to get through this pandemic. You're never going to escape that dead end job or that harmful relationship or the black hole of debt. 
you know, the agreement that my situation will never improve, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, all of a sudden we start avoiding opportunities to escape because we're convinced that our efforts are going to end in failure. And if we're not careful in these spirals of negativity, we become like Sherlock Holmes collecting clues that confirm the untruth that we're going to be stuck in this thing or this belief. And in that place, I think our dreams wither. I think they weaken. And what can happen is that agreement, that lie can become a stronghold that stands in the way of you fulfilling your God-given destiny. And so the amazing thing, I believe, is that through Jesus, we are not bound to an agreement. We can break it and rip up that paper anytime we want. I mean, you and I can rise up with this people who are delivering a one-two power punch to any lie. I mean, that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.5 to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And so, you know, we start to identify this. And that's why one of my declarations, again, is I break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Wherever I have given in, I'm done. We're ripping up that contract. I'm out. I'm lining myself with the agreements of who God says I am and the beauty and the perfection that he sees in me through Christ. And this is not a one and done. And I think this is what you experienced in that year, you know, where you were getting on that chair multiple times, you know, throughout the year. And so what happens is all of a sudden we, we, we say it and it's not like, I think the enemy or the darkness of that negativity is just gone. But as we do it through repetition, as we consistently do it, all of a sudden we realize, you know, that if the God who made the galaxies lives in us, then we have the power through Christ to tear down every destructive agreement. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. And it's so transformative. It goes back to like what we were talking about earlier with our childhoods. There are things like, well, just like me, like I want to, I want to have close friends and I want to live in a matchy matchy house. Or are you saying, you know what, I want to go on a boat and do all of that. And that's fun. And that's dreaming. But sometimes from our childhood, you know, we, we, we come into these agreements that we're just you know, maybe somebody said to us or somebody spoke to us and we've never really dealt with them. I remember I was in fifth grade when a, a teacher looked at me and I think I was, you know, being distracting, probably flirting with a cute boy who happened to be a drummer. Cause that's what we did. And, um, and I remember the teacher looked at me and, and said, you know, you'll never amount to anything. Oh my gosh. Right. And those words sear so deeply. And of course, as a successful adult, I look at that and I go, oh, no, that's not true. But if I really dig deep, I have to say, you know, where have I come into agreement with that? And how do I get that back out of my life? And remember, no, God has a purpose and a plan for me that is beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. I, I love that you said the thing about self-fulfilling prophecy because when I like I made a really similar list I, I was like what do I believe to be true about myself like just deep down when I think about who I am as a person what do I believe and I remember that the words too much to love too much to really love like maybe you could love me at the beginning but like if you get too deep like I'm gonna be too much for you at some point and that's gonna like you're gonna walk away uh, and then I think I also I thought I was annoying and I don't know where I got that idea, but I just, I just did. And it's crazy because I can see examples of times when, when believing those things actually made them true. Like if you think you're annoying, then maybe you're checking with 
your people all the time. Like, was that annoying? Am I annoying? Was that annoying? Am I annoying? <laughs> and at a certain point, like, yeah, that's annoying. It, but it was, it wouldn't have been if you weren't believing that about yourself. And I, I distinctly remember the relationship that I was in before I met my husband, Carl, I really did think that I was too much to love. And, mm-hmm. and I remember having conversations with this wonderful guy who, who really cared about me and would tell me all the time how much he cared about me. And it did not matter how he treated me or how many times he told me how much he cared about me. I just never believed it. Mm-hmm. And that was so frustrating for me because I'm in a loving relationship feeling totally unloved and he feels like he's failing constantly. And like, that wasn't totally the reason that our relationship didn't work out, but it was a large part of it. And if I would have just believed that I was worthy of love, it would have solved so many problems mm-hmm. in our relationship. It was just a belief thing. But I think, Margaret, my like, I want to ask this just one more time because I know there's someone sitting here going, I have my list of things that I believe about myself, but like, I really believe that they're true. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, really, I like, I I don't know how to not believe that I'm unworthy of love. Like I'm convinced, Mm -hmm. totally convinced that I'm unworthy of love. And to say otherwise feels like a total lie. So what do we Mm -hmm. do there? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think, I think that the book of Revelation Chapter four, he describes this throne room with sights and sounds and smells and, and, and a presence that is beyond our wildest comprehension. And when you read about this God who sits, is all powerful, so mighty that he made you. And when he made you, he did not make a mistake and he loves you more than words. He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, just as a sacrifice to say, I will lay it all down for you. And I stand arms wide open. And so I think that that God, that person of Jesus, he has, he wants to set you free from that. I think that the first recognition is to say, you want to, I am bound to these lies And that's what I'm hearing. The person says, no, but this is true. This is true. This is true. And I'm going to look at you and say, it is not true. And it is time for you to break free and rise above. That may mean changing some of your friendships because you may be encircled by people who are reaffirming what is negative. And these friends are toxic and they are not helping you become all you're called and created to be. Secondly, it may require sitting down with a counselor and talking through these things and helping somebody from the having somebody from the outside identify where these false beliefs entered in and to replace those with the truth. But if you feel backed into a corner by something that is untrue, by a lie, just understand that now we've got layers of lies because number 1 you're not backed in a corner. There is a way out. And I think more power to you will help you get out of there. But secondly, to realize that that core belief, God is waiting to speak life and healing and wholeness into that place. He wants you to not just know about his love, but to feel his love, his liquid love presence that transforms everything. 